Nerds, dweebs, dorks, not born, but made. Nerds were once ridiculed, mocked, wedgied. Undeterred, nerds have persevered to take over the mainstream, defining popular culture. This is the story of one such nerd blazing his own middle-aged trail. And now he is determined to pass along his knowledge to the next generation. For this is... Hello! Welcome to Indoctrination, where we aim to discover if a 40-something dad can convince his children that the nerdy stuff he loves is cool. I'm your host, Tom Walworth, and welcome to my journey to paternal relevance or irrelevance. Today's episode begins with a discussion of The Underdwellers. The Underdwellers was aired on October 21st, 1992. It's the 27th in the air order, but it is number six in the first volume of the collection. The story was written by Tom Ruger and edited by Jules Dennis and Richard Muller. Quick word on Tom Ruger. He is the creator and producer of Batman the Animated Series, but he is also a producer on three other properties that are pretty iconic. Animaniacs, Tiny Toon Adventures, and Pinky and the Brain. He's a legend. Our voice cast includes some actors that I really don't know that well. Victoria Carroll, who plays the woman who gets stolen from, I believe, at the beginning of the episode, is known for the Kentucky Fried Movie and something called How to Stuff a Wild Bikini. I have no idea. And our villain... The Sewer King was played by Michael Pataki, who is best known for the role Nikolai Koloff in Rocky IV. I don't know exactly which character that is, if it's a trainer or a Russian official. But he was also mime number four in Easy Rider. So I'll take this opportunity, since we don't have a ton of people to talk about, to talk just a little bit about Ephraim Zimbalist Jr., the voice of Alfred, as he gets a bit of comedy work in this episode. He's known mainly for, at least in my mind, as the voice of Alfred in the Justice League, Star-Crossed Justice League, Mystery of the Batwoman, Static he's also, Shock. Way a lot of the back before that, he's been Alfred. His, before he started so doing his career has been work. closely tied to the Batman oh, franchise, make, much like Kevin Conroy. We may get a chance to talk about him when we do Spider-Man, as he was the voice of Dr. Octopus. My knowledge of movies of the 60s and 70s isn't great, so as I go through his IMDb credits, I'm not seeing anything that pops out to me, other than he had a guest spot on Fantasy Island with Ricardo Montalban and The Love Boat. It's not a small thing to be known as the voice of Alfred for an entire generation. He was born in 1918 and died in 2014, and as Kevin Smith would say, that is a cauldron of win. And so, thank you, Ephraim Zimbalist Jr., for being the voice of our favorite butler. That is all there is for this episode. And now, let's listen to the children. And we're back. A new episode on a new week. Yeah. And let me double check something real quick. This will be going out on... Oh, this will be right after... Um, a few days after Valentine's Day. Oh, nice. So before we get started with our review of the episode we just watched... Let's get our names for the week. Kamo'o. Kamo'o? Yeah. What does that mean? It's a Pokemon name. What type is he? 
dragon and fighting type. Or are they, I should say. And how about you, miss? Um, kitten. Just kitten? Yes. Okay, kitten and kamo'o. I will try to remember that. Okay, so, on three. What's the episode we just watched? One, two, three. Underdwellers. <laughs> okay, we'll just have one of you tell us the name of the episode. Underdwellers. The Underdwellers. Underdwellers. Yes, the Underdwellers. I realized that when we did the Forgotten, I forgot to put the in the spreadsheet, so I just thought it was Forgotten. Forgotten. What happens in the Underdwellers? <gasps> Go, kitten. The first thing we saw was a city and people and then we see a kind of crime scene we see a kid in a green cloak and that kid steals a purse from a all from a lady that does happen there is a weird scene that happens before that that I don't understand why it's there. Do you know what happens in that scene, Kamo'o? No. It's on the train. Oh, yeah, right. Tell us about um, the train scene. Two kids were playing... Time out. When, so because we, we're going to use the word kids a lot in this episode. Are these, like, kids your age, or are they teenage kids? They're probably teenage kids. Okay. Um, two teenagers were, were playing a game of chicken. How are they doing that? By getting a, on top of a train, and and whoever jumps off first loses, but the first guy just stays on. What's going to happen if they don't jump off? They'll get hurt really bad, and they might actually get their head torn off. Oh, okay. Should we move the microphone? They're going to die. What are they going to run into? A brick wall or something like that. Because the train is going into... A tunnel. So if they don't jump off the train, then they're going to hit the brick wall, which is the tunnel. One guy jumps off, but the other guy stays on. And laughs. But then what does he discover? That there's a tunnel at, at the end. Oh, he knew that. What was what kept him from jumping off the train when he saw the tunnel? Batman. A rope. A rope? How? His foot was like, it was under the rope, and the rope was like on each side. Mm-hmm. So his foot was caught in the rope. Mm-hmm. And when Batman eventually saves him, and they jump off the the back of the train. Do you remember what he says to him? Um, to both of them. Next time you play chicken, you're gonna fry. Yeah, you play if chicken you... long enough, you fry. Fry. Yeah. And... What does fry mean? Okay, fry is a way to cook chicken and other things. But why do they get fried? Well, it's more like he's sort of saying if you play chicken. The, the the idea of playing chicken is you do something really dangerous, and the first person who decides not to do the thing, is a chicken. So if you play chicken, then you end up being a chicken and you get fried. I guess that's the joke. I get the feeling that whoever wrote this episode just really wanted that scene in there and, again, gave Batman a silly little dad joke, pun, thing, whatever, that I I, I don't really like them. I, I don't remember them being there when I watched these when I was a kid. But whatever, there they are. The puns. Okay, so, but the scene has I'm no, sure. does the scene have any bearing on the rest of the episode? No. Other I forget than, what bearing means. Does it have anything to do with the rest of the episode? Mm. Does it have an impact on the story? Kinda. 
I mean, the only thing I can think of is... Maybe those teenagers turn into those people. Maybe. The underdwellers. Well, I think at the very least, it shows us that there's a train that runs through the city. Okay, so back to um, what Kitten was saying. Yes, yeah, so um, a kid wearing a green hooded cloak cape thing steals a purse. From a lady. What does she call him? To the a leprechaun. leprechaun. <laughs> and then <laughs> a bunch of stuff funny. happens that's not really, really important. Really funny. But Batman is stuck on this idea of the leprechauns. And he goes to the Batcave. And Alfred is listening to music. Do you know what the music was? No. He was listening to a piece by Johannes Brahms. He's a German composer. And it was the Academic Festival Overture, which is a really fun piece to play. Wait, I was wrong. It wasn't the Academic Festival Overture. It was the finale to the First Symphony. I don't know why I made that mistake. Okay, so Alfred is listening to Brahms. And um, what does Alfred think that Bruce should do instead of focusing on these leprechauns? I don't know. Yeah, Have a vacation. Yep. Yeah. And what does he think about vacations? Uh, no. no. Well, what? Why no? Why uh, does he say no? I think this is a job for Batman. Yes, he, he yeah. hates vacations. He hates vacations. It's a job for Batman, and he also th- says things are boring. Things <laughs> boring. Boring. And boring. So then we go yeah. down to the sewers, and what do we what do we see? A boy. I, I do not remember. What were the kids doing in the sewer? All the, all the kids. Um, they were. I mean, pretty pretties. Yeah, well, they were bringing pretty pretties back. So they were bringing in all the stuff they stole, and one one kid is collecting it all. What else were they doing? Um, sewing each other's clothes. Yep. And um, uh, sifting through the gravel. What tool were... Yeah, with hose, with a garden hose. H-O-E-S, not H-O-S-E. And one of the kids hits himself with the with the garden hoe. Mm-hmm. And he screams. Well, he does he actually scream or does he almost scream? He almost screams. Almost screams, but they know they're not supposed to talk. Mm. Right? And then, then a guy says... Then a boy says... Right. And then he helps him. So after that happens, he, he tries to keep him from bleeding, tries to protect him. And then we hear a bell. Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> and they all come to see the king. The sewer king, that's right. And you see a shadow of, of, of an animal. A crocodile. Right. Um, He's pretty, pretty. What's the punishment for talking? Because apparently one of the kids talked. He puts him into a room and he turns on a light. Does that seem like a easy punishment? Yeah. Kitten. Yeah. yeah. You seem and, upset. Well, Kamo was going to talk when I was going to talk. You might want to take a, a look over there to see if she wants to talk sometimes. You tend to okay. jump in a lot. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Kitten, I'm going to let you do the next thing. So, when he sends them out to find him pretties, what do they wear? The greenish leprechaunish cloak thing. Right. They're all wearing the same cloak. Okay? And then, while they're running out and trying to steal stuff, mm. Batman finds... One. Finds, how does he find the entrance to the sewer? I have no idea. He, uses, he uses special goggles. Yeah, he uses Sheep special goggles. Vision goggles. But what's funny to me is um, when we 
when we get to looking at the X Men, look at the, look at the picture of Cyclops over there on the on the left. Mm-hmm. I don't wait. Who is he? Again? The very one, the person who's on the very front of that poster in the blue. Yeah. Look at his eyes. Oh, that makes a ton of sense. Well, it, it, well, it's just funny to me because it's just a similar design for the two things. And someday when we get to um, reading and watching The Dark Knight Returns, that's the sort of sunglasses, I think, that uh, the, the mutants, mutant gang wears. Anyway, so maybe it was a nod to that. So he uses the special goggles and he finds like a fake wall, right? Mm-hmm. I was just, I'm just going to point out that at one point he, he comes to a locked door with an SK on it for Sewer King. He says, Deadbolt. A deadbolt, as we know, is a locked door. A locked door, but it does. A deadbolt doesn't have a handle. However, this door totally had a handle. So the animators uh, didn't quite get that to match the script. Okay, and so um, on that, when he's by that deadbolt kitten, what happens? He uses a like flame or something to knock the handle out. And then one of the kids bumps into him. What happens when he bumps into into Batman? Um, he falls into the tracks. Right. And he almost gets run over by a train. But Batman saves him. And where did he take him? And back to the Batcave. Be... Did you notice that I was looking the other direction? If I'm not looking at you, that's your cue to let your sister talk. Okay. Not in trouble. You're not in trouble. I just want you to understand. I'm I'm trying to do this without saying it all the time. So if I look at you, I'm looking for you to answer. If I look at you, I'm looking for you to answer. So, but since you said it, say it again. Where does he take him? To the back cave. <laughs> That's so funny. Because I looked at you and she said it too. <laughs> After all that talking about. <laughs> but did you hear how he said it? The bat babe. The bat babe? Okay. And I said the bat cave. So I think this is a very interesting thing. So Alfred says, <laughs> I know nothing of children. But he definitely takes um, Batman in. Well, yes. Um, but, Bruce in. Well, that's true. Bruce. Well, well he, he was the butler. But the thing that's interesting for me is, one, yes, he already had Bruce as a young child. He mm-hmm. raised him. But in the flow of the show, the, the broadcast order, who have we met already who is a young young person who's hanging out with Batman? Um, Robin? Ryan. Robin. Now, Robin was in college, but they don't tell us this, but he has already lived there. So I think it's really weird that Alfred would say, that he knows nothing of children when he's clearly raised at least two. But I will give them this. The things he does to try to get this kid to get clean and do stuff certainly shows that he doesn't understand anything about kids. So when he tries to wake up this child, there's a funny little scene. It's very much like when I try to wake you up in the morning. Yeah. What, what, what happened? When when he opened the curtains and pulled off the blanket, the kid just, like, nabs it out of his hands. Like, snatches it out of his hands. And then just just keeps on going until Alfred just... just takes off all of the covers. That sounds like something... And he I've... sees the light. Yes, does that sound like something that I've done to the two of you? Ripped your covers off? Yeah. 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 And I, I bet you didn't like it any no, more than this kid did. I want my blanket. That's right. 
But with the lights, what does he what does he do with the lights? Hit his face. He puts on the sunglasses. He puts on the sunglasses because he can't stand the light. And what are the th- some of the things that Alfred tries to do with this child to make him act more refined? Clean him. Clean him. What's one? What else? Let him eat. And does he want to teach him to... table manners? Table manners, right? So, what should he be eating with? A fork and a spoon and a knife. What does he do with the fork and the spoon and the knife? He puts them in his shirt. That's so weird. Why? That is. So well, why do you think he's taking them? To bring back to his king. Right, because he's he's trained to steal. So he that's his instinct. The first thing that he thinks of is to steal stuff. And then he tries to help him do... The dishes. The dishes. Have I asked you to, to uh, dry dishes yet? Nope. No, I'm kind of nervous about that, but I'm sure you're, you're almost ready. I've dried dishes before. What does he do? I do once. What does this boy do with the... What is that big thing called? Um, the big tray. Yeah. Um, He uses it to slide down the stairs. But remember the first thing he got? He just held it and then put it down on the floor and then got the next thing. Well, yeah, he was trying to steal all the silverware and the tray, right? Then he runs down the hall and everything's falling out everywhere. At one point, Bruce chuckles and he says... I have no idea why. You remember what he said? I, I forgot. I think he said, was I ever this difficult or this hard? <laughs> I be- Believe me, I have had the same thought many times being your father. Alfred's trying to make the boy um, civilized, but it's not working. And then all of a sudden, Batman walks up to him and says, I have a job for you. Or I need your help. He goes into the weaponry thingy. Oh, that's right. Our artifacts. And, and he takes down a shotgun. That gun that we see is called a blunderbuss. It is... Um, it's sort, it is gun? It's kind of like a shotgun. Um, but it's a very, very old weapon. Back when they didn't have uh, bullets, they had actually they had to do put in the powder and then put in the wadding and then put in the th- put in the actual bullets or whatever. Well, they had bullets, but they didn't have shells. They were just massive like balls. Yeah, so it's a whole process. So it's from a very old gun, and he says children and guns never mix. Can you imagine, kitten, why Batman would say that? Because a kid can't handle a gun goodly, like Kamo can't handle his. Nerf guns. That's part of it. But think about Batman's past. Why would he not like children to have guns? His parents died because of a gun. Correct. Um, And I'll tell you this. Mm-hmm. It was a pistol. That's also true. Mm. Now, I think we skipped a little bit. Down in the sewer, the sewer king is eating, I don't know how, remember the guy who was doing all the mining, how he was always eating turkey legs? Mm-hmm. Same thing. Guy's eating a turkey leg. There's a whole turkey on the table. What's up with villains and exploiting people and having turkey legs? I have no idea. The forgotten and the underdwellers. The, the the bad guy is eating turkey legs while everyone else is working, working. too hard. Working. Okay. Oh, gee. Anyway, so... And, and remember the guy where he says, Doc, bring the rolls, and then... Duck doesn't come. Oh, a no. different or, was boy. it Duck or was it Frog? Frog. Frog. So now I'm pretty sure that Frog is this boy who Batman saved. Yeah. He just calls him Frog. Right. But is I don't know his real name. Nope. We never find out. Mm-hmm. So they all go out to find Frog, and he says no food until Frog is found. And that's when we go back to the whole bit where Frog is trying to learn how to be civilized. 
then Batman asks Frog for help, and Frog takes him down to the sewer. Yes. Where where does Frog take him in the sewer? Um, to his lair. No. Well, yes, but who do, who does who do we find? All the kids that has been waiting for him. Right, and Batman starts doing what? Taking pictures. Taking pictures for? Evidence. Correct. And basically, skip ahead, Batman tears down the bell that yeah. all the kids would come running when it rang. He's like, basically, like, you don't have to have to do this ever again. And then the Sewer King shows up. What is the fight that happens with the Sewer King? Crocodiles. Crocodiles. How many do we see? Like um, four. Two, and then another two, and then I think we see two more. Yeah, he starts off with two, and you're like, oh, yeah, there's two of them. He smashes one with the bell, and he ties the other one up with the bell's rope. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, oh, my gosh, there's two more. Yeah. And they knock him down, and he, like, I don't know, he did he wear them out? Yeah, just by holding his mouth open. And popping it. Oh, ouch, that would, yeah, I would mm. probably stop fighting, too, if my jaw got dislocated. Mm-hmm. Yeesh. I guess the kids run away, and then he runs after them or something? And no. Fa- what happened? One of the kids was about to be eaten by a crocodile. Uh-huh. And and then Frog saves him. Saves him. Oh, that's right. On Frog- a rope. Yeah, Frog swings down just like Batman would. Yeah. He did it right the first time. You know how hard it is to do that? No. I imagine it's really hard, but on a cartoon, <laughs> anything's possible. How does Batman end up falling down that sewer hole? And the- um... Why is he running? Well, then the Sewer King runs away, and then Batman follows him once oh. he sees him. Got it. And then the Sewer King splashes in the puddle, and when Batman comes, he goes in the sewer. And he almost falls into a whole pit of crocodiles. Yeah. Yes, but good thing he holds onto a pipe, but it breaks. Yeah. And then... The Sewer King steps on his hand to try to get him to fall, but he doesn't. And it really hurts. And it really and, hurts. And then, and then Batman just kicks him into the pool of crocodiles. And he thought that he was going to get eaten by the crocodiles, but why didn't they eat him? Because they were his pets. That's and right. then he said, I told you they were my pretties. Very good. that You got the line just right. How does he stop the bad guy? He somehow swings from the... From a... Not... It will... You know, it's one of those um, cool guns, but it's not a gun. It's like it's, a zip. it's kind of a gun, but yeah, the grappling hook yeah. gun. Yeah, yeah that, no, that'll it'll just that, it'll grab the concrete. It's not like a gun. It's like it has a out of better. Is it a grappling hook thing? Well, yeah. I mean, as opposed to like taking a rope and swinging it and then it grabbing something, it, he goes. Psh, there's a pressurized something something that shoots out and like sticks into the whatever and he swings so yeah it's kind swings of a gun, and um, and it, and i thought he was gonna get injured by the crocodiles yeah his feet came really close to getting eaten up by the crocodiles yeah you could just do um maybe i should do this then i think he would do that mm-hmm. so when he finally catches up with the guy uh... how does he stop him um he falls down into the train tracks then he saves him and he says, why, 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 to Batman. And Batman says, does anyone remember? Uh, no. Batman says, I don't pass judgment. That's for the courts. No. And and then he says, but this time, this time. I'm sorely tempted to do the job myself. 
Yeah. And then the scene, the, the whole show ends with what? All Jet. the kids being freed, and then Frog sees Delight, and he's like, eh, eh, and, like and he speaks, like, Delight! He finally finally gets to say the one word. Delight! I think that's probably why that whoever that actor was didn't get credited, because he only got one line. And then Batman sitting up on a rooftop, feeling good about himself. So this one was very, very different from the ones that we wait, usually... Wait, wait, remember the... The sewer king, he talks, but why can't the little kids talk? I think it's just his... Have you ever heard the phrase, children are to be seen and not heard? Yeah. So basically, it's like, yeah, children are cute, but we don't want to hear a thing they say because they're noisy and bothersome. Maybe that's what he was thinking. It was a way to control them, keep them afraid. So like I said, this is an episode that we don't see that often, but yet we've seen almost this exact thing before, right? We talked with, with the Forgotten, where he... Now, there, I, I admit I was That taking, guy was just, like, eating a turkey leg. Yeah, but in the Forgotten, they were just beating up homeless people and taking them away to force them to work. In this one, I was taking some notes, and I didn't hear everything that he had to say about where he got those kids. But he got them to believe, I think, that he was better, treating them better than their families or whoever sent them away. I'll look that up and I'll put it in my comments later. But the thing that's similar is that there's one powerful person who's taking advantage of weaker people with fear and making them do all the stuff for them and they never do anything for themselves. I'm... And and they're underground. Yeah. The, the mine and the sewer are both underground. That's interesting. I wonder if the same person wrote both episodes. Let's see who wrote these episodes Underdwellers written by Tom Ruger and Jules Dennis and Richard Muller and who did The Forgotten Jules Dennis and Richard Muller okay interesting so the people who edited the, the, the script for The Underdwellers were the ones who wrote the script for The Forgotten when I saw The Forgotten and the guy who was eating the turkey legs said I need to eat they need to work that is crazy. Like, he just wants to be full all the time. I would say that the Sewer King probably isn't completely starving the children. He does feed them, just doesn't feed them much. We started with your brother usually. Tell me something that you didn't like about this episode. I need to think. Okay. Something you didn't like. The Sewer King. I did not like all the parts that the Sewer King did. I thought it was interesting that even though it was a different actor, it sounded a little bit like... The actor who plays the Joker is very similar. They both, like, I need a little more time. <laughs> what if you say what you didn't like? Well, okay. What I didn't like. Well, like I, we talked about before, I'm not a big fan of Batman telling jokes. I suppose they're trying to make him a little bit more like a regular human, a regular guy, you know, because he'll have a little fun sometimes. This one wasn't so bad. I No, I do know what I don't like. That first scene where they're playing chicken, it didn't need to be there at all. It was useless. None of those kids were involved with the Sewer King, so I don't think it needed to be there. Is that enough time? Um, hold on. When that scene played like a few meters away, um, the crime happened. So, I suppose. Um, yeah. um, so it was a transition. It was to. It was supposed to make the um, uh, um episode longer. Yes, it made the episode longer, but that tells me that the episode is a little weak. For needing to be a little bit longer. It's like they needed a, a, an action beat that didn't need to be there. Is that enough time? Yes. Actually, that was more than enough time. Okay, what do you not like? 
The Shrek ain't being messy when he's eating. No wonder the kids have such poor table manners. They learned from the Sewer King. <laughs> yes. That's okay. what I was going to say. So, now, now, can you think of something that you do like? I still need to think of more. Okay. Something you do like. Um. I don't want to take yours, but I'll go first if you need me to. The fights. What about the fights? I mean, all the fights were with the crocodiles, so what would you like about, best about the fight with the crocodile? It's just weird that someone can just survive a crocodile attack. So this is what I would do in, in a crocodile attack. Okay. Find a big stick and whack him. That might work. I might also put the croc down underwater for like three hours. If I was fighting a crocodile, I don't think I'd want to be underwater with it. I would just put a boulder on, on, on its head. Sure, because those are always handy. Okay, did you figure out what you like? Yes. Okay. I just forgot. Was it about frog? No. Was it about Alfred? No. Was it about the sewer king? No. Was it about Batman? No. Was it about the fact that Batman's Batmobile was hiding in plain sight disguised as a dumpster? <laughs> that actually is really funny. We forgot to put the, that in. Yeah, we forgot to mention that. That's when he saves when he saves Frog from the sewer. He, he does like a voice command of some sort and it turns back into the Batmobile. Yeah. Do you have nothing? Uncamouflage. To... Something like that. So, do you have something that you liked? Oh, now I just remembered. Go ahead. The cute children. You like the cute children? Yes. Do you like it more when they are saved? Yes. Yes. And not torn apart from their family. Right. That's right. That's mean. Yeah, so I think my favorite part now that I think about it is the fact that they're highlighting again. Something very serious. They do this every so often. So, out of five batarangs, are we staying with five batarangs? Or are you guys going to go into the stratosphere, into the stars for your... One... Well, definitely, like, it can go, like, higher than quintillion or lower than quintillion. I'm going to put this one at a four. I'm going to I'm try to save my fives for really, really good ones. I like it. It's it's solid. Solid. Play solid. Not a lot of detecting going on. Mm-hmm. But he returns to the scene of the crime, the theater district, to find the sewer entrance, and things happen. So things are a little convenient, but it's a solid episode. I don't have any problems with it. Now, Kamo'o, your rating, sir. Two. Why is it a two? It's just so sad to see kids, like, work all day and night. Of course you'd think that it's bad for kids to work all day. You don't even like cleaning your room. But, but, but in the night? I would not work. I would just go to sleep. I will go to sleep. I hear you. What is your rating, kitten? One. Why is it a one? It wasn't very exciting. Well, do you think, hey, you're walking away. You don't get to finish the episode. Okay, I'll just finish it with your sister. You know what the next episode is? No. Night of the Ninja. It's going to be Night of the Ninja. Wait. Night of the Ninja. Do you think that's going to be more interesting and have more action and stuff than Maybe. the Underdwellers? Maybe. 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 Maybe maybe the bad guy will have more, like, tricks. Maybe he's a ninja. Maybe he has ninja clones or ninja kids. Or... Wait. <gasps> Hello, ninjas. What if he has Hello, ninjas? I doubt that they're going to have Hello, ninja, because Hello, ninja was not even a thing until a few years ago. The Hello, ninjas. <laughs> um, there's kids. definitely There's definitely not a ninja cat. 
Yeah, because that would just be weird. That doesn't happen. All right, I've so we will take a break. So we're going to take a break, and uh, we'll come back with the night. Sorry, not the, the night. night. Night of the Ninja. Yeah. Night of the Ninja. Goodbye. And now a word from our sponsors. And we're back. A quick note on the previous episode. I said I was going to look up and see what the Sewer King was talking about when he was talking to the children. He simply says that the children were left behind by other people and he saved them. My best guess is that they were given up for adoption and he took them out of the foster system somehow. The second half of our episode is going to be discussing Night of the Ninja, which was aired on the 26th of October in 1992. It's 28th in the air order, and it is the seventh episode on the second volume. So we go from first volume, sixth episode with the Underdwellers, and second volume, seventh episode with Night of the Ninja. It was written by Steve Perry, who had written for a lot of animated shows, but he's also like the Gargoyles and Spiral Zone and Centurions. But apparently he's been writing stories for the Star Wars series, and he is a reviewer for The Oregonian, which is a paper that I know very well from my youth as I used to live pretty close to Portland. In our guest voice cast, we have Mary Devon, or Mari Devon, I'm not sure. She is, by all accounts, a prolific voice actor. She has done the English voice for Honey in Howl's Moving Castle. She's been in Digimon for 105 episodes, has a couple episodes in the Batman Beyond series. Her most recent credit was The Beach Buds in 2021. Another voice actor on the cast is Buster Jones. Passed away in 2014, but he was known as the voice of Blaster in Transformers and Transformers the Movie, as well as many characters in G.I. Joe, the TV series and his most recent credit was in the new Batman Adventures. But in this one, he was the night manager. As Sensei Yoru, we have Chao Li Chi, who is known to Western audiences for the movies Big Trouble in Little China, The Wedding Crashers, as Old Chinese Man. That seems like a real horrible name for a character. And The Prestige. But his most recent credit uh, before he passed on was in 2008's Pushing Daisies which is a show that I absolutely love. Our villain in this episode was played by Robert Ito. Robert Ito is known for The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai, the original Rollerball. He had an episode in Star Trek The Next Generation. He was a regular on Quincy M.E. in the 70s and 80s. I'd say he's a regular, 148 episodes. That's a lot of episodes. His most recent credit was as Ito-san in Mater's Tall Tales, the Tokyo Mater segment. So now we carefully dip our toes into the world of the ninja. I hope that we are as culturally sensitive as you wanted us to be. And now, the children's opinions. Night of the Ninja. Very good. What do we know about ninjas before we start talking about what we saw in the episode? They know karate. I honestly don't know if karate is the, is the skill they learn, but they certainly learn a martial art. What else do we know? 
that they are swift thieves and assassins as well. Yeah, we learned that in the episode. When was the first time you heard the word ninja? I have no idea. Hello, ni- <laughs> when we when we saw Hello Ninja. Yeah, Hello Ninja. Yeah, where we see a pink ninja and a blue ninja, and a cat. What about the Named song? Pencil. What about the song Ninjas on the Snack Time album? I no. Where the ninjas are deadly and silent, they're also unspeakably violent. Yeah, they I've heard that Japanese one. speak Japanese and do whatever they please, and if you tear off their masks, they'll be smiling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, and sometimes is... they vacation in Ireland. For those at home, that's the Bare Naked Ladies album, Snack Time, which I highly recommend. So we don't know much about ninjas on our own experience, because none of us are ninjas, none of us have trained in those martial arts. So we can only rely on what we see. But I, I will know a si- little bit. Really? What martial arts do you know? I just know, I just know chop, chop, kick, kick. <laughs> I'm sure it's more complicated than that. I'm more of a, I'm a hand guy, as in using the hands. I am more of a ha- hand-to-hand person. combat. I'm more of a leg girl. Yes, that's I how all the fights. Kitten. That's how the fights at home oh, seem to go. Yeah. Okay. I am always ready for anything. Are you ready to finish this podcast? Okay. <laughs> All right. That was a lot of talking. How does this episode go, Kitten? I forgot. You were the first one to say literally anything when the episode came on. Uh, um, we see the Wayne something. Um, the, the Wayne, Wayne, the Wayne something industry, Wayne something industries, and. Once we get into the building, we we see a person typing on a computer, and then the very next thing we see is someone at the door, and gas comes in. And when he opens the door, he was a ninja. Let's back up. So you said Wayne something. Industries. What, what were they making? What was the what was on the sign underneath the word Wayne? Um, um, lips, LED lips. Yeah, lips. Well, neon light lips. This is way before LEDs existed. So it was neon lights in the shape of red lips. And what do we put on lips to make them red? Lipstick. Lipstick. No, that it was kind of pink. It was oh, dark either pink. way, we still put lipstick on our lips to change the color, right? Yeah, but some shiny lipstick. Okay. So the fancy word for makeup is called cosmetics. Cosmotics. Cosmotics <laughs> is a way you could say it, but not the way most people say it. Cosmotics. But ultimately, that doesn't really matter. Cosmotics. Cosmotics. Are you done? Yes. You. <laughs> ultimately, it could have been, you know. Wayne Tractor Supply, it wouldn't really matter because they never talk about cosmetics in the process of what happens. So the ninja comes in because the guy just been knocked out by the gas, and what does he do? He Kitten. he opened a safe somehow. Wait, wait, he has a thingamabob and puts it on the safe and then tries to do something, and I forget, and then it opens. What did he take from the safe, Kamo'o? Um, bags of gold, I believe. I, money, yeah. And, money, some and maybe one dollar of green. Or maybe one snack. If it was me, I probably would have taken the cash that was made out of paper because it doesn't weigh as much. Yeah, that's what I would do. That's me. I would just, um, me, I, just I would take, check. like, all the cash. Just paper. How does this ninja escape? 
I think I know. Somehow he hides in the shadows when the police got or something. There's a security guard. And the security guard opens the door and he runs away before and when the security and he and the ninja opens the door and gets away just in time before before the the security guard. The security guard. The security guard opens the door and the ninja slips past him. Yeah. But he but but he notices the ninja and starts chasing him. Where does the ninja go? To the roof. And then. They have a little confrontation. What does the ninja do to the security guard? He ninja stars the gun or something. Yeah. The pistol. And then he just slashes the head of the flashlight off. He just slashes it off. And then how does he escape the roof? He jumps. Jumps. No, he doesn't. No, no, no. He like... They don't show him jumping off the roof. They just show the door. They just show the door to over him. Yeah, he he goes past him. He slices the the flashlight. He jumps over him. And then they show the door to the roof wide open. So he could have jumped off the roof, or he could have gone down the stairs. So my question is, why didn't he just go down the stairs in the first place instead of running to the rooftop first? It was to make the scene a little more exciting. So it was in the script. I think. Yeah, it was on the script. I think. Interesting. Okay, so it's in the script. I didn't take notes on this one, so we'll have to go from our memory. What happens in the next scene? Wait. Oh, on the roof we see lots of people and I, and Wayne. Wait. No, that's, that's actually not... the next thing we see is Wayne and Dick like fighting in martial arts. They're training. Training. Yeah. And when Dick is unable to stop Bruce, what does he say to Bruce? Again. Well, that's what Bruce says to Dick. What does Dick say to Bruce? Wait, what? I don't know. Sorry, I'm not perfect. Sorry, I'm not or maybe Or not, some of us aren't perfect or something like that. So this idea of being perfect is going to be a theme that comes back in this episode. Now can I tell the audience? Tell them what? The next scene. Yes. Alfred calls Wayne and says, Wayne, there has been another bank robbery. Well, he didn't say a bank robbery. He said another robbery of a Wayne business. That's when we go to the rooftop, and everyone's on the rooftop, and they're investigating. Oh, yeah. And then Bruce comes up. And, and then he looks at the ninja star, and flashback alert. Okay, so the flashback does happen before he leaves. Okay, so what do we see in this flashback? Bruce was fighting this guy named, I forget, it's a Japanese name. I'm not that good with Japanese. I'll look it up. Keep talking. And... Well, they fight, and the guy just throws him. And Wayne does not win. The Japanese guy does 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 not beat him. Yeah, and his name is some some sort and something chop something. Instead of okay, hold up. Let me just find it, (laughs) and then we can. Okay. Okay. The name of the character is Kyodai Ken. Kyodai Ken. Kyo. Kyo Dai Ken. Kyo Ken. Kyo Dai Ken. After he defeats him, the sensei has a pep talk, and then once Kyo Dai Ken takes off his shirt, it reveals a tattoo, a large one. A really large tattoo. A dragon on his thing. Back. Yeah, what is But it? can I tell you what? Yes. Kyo Dai Ken says to Bruce Wayne, You're not bad for rich something. I forget exactly what he said, but it was basically... For a rich person. Like a rich white person or a rich westerner or something like that. And what does the sensei 
say to that? He just fights and then he says, there is always someone better. Kyodai Ken does not like Bruce Wayne very much at this yeah. point. <laughs> okay. Is that the end of the flashback? No, 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 no. I think that. Yeah. We're back on the roof. Who's on the roof bothering Bruce? A reporter. Summer Gleason. I think she's been in some of the episodes previous on the TV. Like, you might remember in the beginning of uh, Heart of Ice. She's the, the news reporter, the TV reporter. Not one of the characters that I've known from anything other than this show. For example, she's not Vicky Vale. Vicky Vale is a very important character in the comics and the movies. At least one of the movies. She seems to know that there's all these different attacks. Because when Bruce was talking with Dick and Alfred, they just Wait. mentioned robberies and sabotage Wait. seven times. Wait, Dick also says this in the, like, training. Right. He says this. I'm going to say it. That's the sixth one. Right, and Bruce says seven. But when Seventh. Summer Gleason mentions that she's talking about things like buildings blowing up and shipments on fire and robberies... So it's a whole wide range of robberies and what's called sabotage. Sabotages. What do you think sabotage means? As in you take over something. That's not what sabotage means. I think I know. What do you think? You destroy something. For what purpose? I don't know. For the cash. No, in that case, sabotage means that you are destroying something to mess up how it works. For Ah. example, if you wanted to sabotage someone's car, you could... Bust the engine? Somehow, or you could... Pop the tire. That's sabotage. Okay. Wait, and, you and, can also sabotage. And then there's sabotage. computer hacking. Right. There's also computer some... Computer sabotage. You, you can sabotage... Sabotage. Sabot... No, sabotage. A B. Sabotage a teddy bear by going to it. Editor's note. She is referring to a meme with lots of cats behaving badly and a kitten jumping inside of a teddy bear through a rip in the seam. Oh, come on. No. <laughs> That's not sabotaging. That's just destroying. Destroying. The, 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 teddy, ba- the teddy bear didn't have, a, didn't have some sort of purpose. It wasn't producing anything. It wasn't making anything. So sabotage is usually about stopping something from being productive. Like sometimes you guys sabotage the podcast by being silly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And apparently they mentioned that not only was money stolen, but there were some, you said there was hacking, right? Mm-hmm. But we don't see him do the hacking. But he did hacking at that most recent job, I think. Yeah. Okay. She asks Bruce for comment. He says, excuse me, and he leaves. He goes to the Batmobile. Yeah, Batmobile. Once he gets in the car and he drives it, flashback. I just don't remember the flash. Which flashback is this one? With the, like, Qui-Gon Ken. With- Kyodai Ken, not Qui-Gon Jin. Kyodai Ken. Kyodai Ken. Which, which flashback is this one? Where he steals this blade thing. Okay, then we've missed a couple things. Because that happens when they're at the fundraiser at the museum. But something happens in between the top of the roof and that, isn't there? I think I know. There is two things before that. Batman goes on a little quest to fight quite... Yes, you're right. So, because Bruce has figured this out, he's waiting at the next place. He meets him on the rooftop. At this point, Batman does not know who... This guy is. So he's starting to fight the ninja. How does that fight go? Um, the ninja. The ninja. Um, just takes out his sword, jumps up, and tries to kill and, him. And tries to hit Batman over the head. Tries to cut through the neck or the heart. Quite possibly. 
what ends up happening. He ducks. There's a little tussle. They fight for a little bit. How does it ultimately end for Batman? He shoots a purple gas at him. At Batman, and he coughs, 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 and then the ninja almost kills him. But? Um, Robin. Um, what does he, he do? He throws a batarang at his hand. You mean a Robin thing. <laughs> I don't remember if Robin's, Robin has something other a than... A birdarang. The, yeah, birdarang. Bird he throws a birdarang at his hand, <laughs> knocking out his sword. He then just runs, picks up his sword... And then Robin throws a bird orang at his back, cutting open his suit. And then once Batman looks up, he sees the tattoo that was in the that was in the very first flashback. Correct. So now That's he knows. That's a lot to say. That is, and now he knows who his opponent really is. So it's interesting that the, he had a flashback about the person who ultimately is going to be the bad guy in this. Wait, can I tell you? Before the he knew that it was the actual guy. Now he goes to the museum. Then Alfred and Dick talk, and then Batman comes in, and he's like, "I'll I'll be back by midnight." Well, what are they talking about when when Bruce shows up? Japanese things. Dick asks Alfred if he knows anything about Japanese things. Right, and Alfred said that he was there when Bruce was training in Japan, and he liked the tea. But what do they keep talking about Bruce and the way he acts? Um, I do not remember. They're always talking about how uh, Bruce doesn't talk about his feelings. Right as they're talking about Bruce not talking about his feelings, that's when Bruce shows up. And the thing that I noticed, this is one of the first times when Bruce is talking to Dick and Alfred, people who know that he's Batman, that he sounds like Batman. Even sometimes when they're together, he'll have that higher pitch in his voice, the lighter pitch, but he's all business. I'll be at the museum. I'll be back by midnight. So when he's at the museum, he steps in front of a case that has a... Blade. A, a, a samurai sword. Blade. B- blade. And what's the flashback we have this time? Oh, yep. Go, kitten. First we see the dojo. We, and we and see the light the is ninja. off. And, and the light is off. And Jodai Ken, I believe, yeah. sneaks in and tries to grab one of um, his master's blades. Plus, they're 500 years old. Right. Our and because they're so... 500-something so years why does old. So why does he try to steal the blade? For a fortune. So he's stealing it, and he's going to sell it to somebody else. And so Bruce turns on the lights and says, "Oh wait, we're, we're forgetting. An- they're forgetting another, another wait, oh, flashback." Oh, 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 oh! Wait, we're forgetting one thing about the flashback. And then Bruce walks in and he says, "I'm glad I trained tonight." Oh, I know, but that made that reminded and me. There's, there's, there's actually three flashbacks in this thing, and the second one is Bruce training. And fighting and, and how's he and training? He, it's kind of cool. What's he doing? He's using air to to put out candles. What does the what, sensei say when he sees Bruce training I, like that? I do not know. I forgot. It was a bunch of grown up okay. words. Grown up words. He was saying that he trains like a man obsessed, or was it possessed? Possessed or obsessed? It was one of those est words. Um, he's like, I got to be. I got to be the best. And what does the sensei say? I do not remember. He says, um, oh gosh, I can't remember the exact words. But it was something along the lines of defeat is often more instructional. They say experience is the best teacher. No, well, wrong. That, 
that's not what they say in this episode. Basically, what the sensei is saying is that it's okay to lose. He said everybody loses sometimes and that you learn more from your defeats than you do from your victories, essentially. Something. That's an important lesson. Mm -hmm. I was hoping that he would bring that up to Dick Grayson later, but that never happens. Yes. Bruce never says to Dick that you learn more from defeat than you do from winning. That would have been a really good thing for him to learn. So back to the last flashback where the stealing is happening. Bruce says, I'm glad I decided to train tonight. And they're about to throw down and have another fight. And then the sensei comes in and he's like, Good again, who have disrespected the dojo. You may leave for eternity. And so we now know why Kyodai Ken is always trying to mess up Bruce Wayne in this episode. As we leave the museum where he had this flashback, who's following him? The reporter. I forget her name, but is it Sunny or something like that? Summer. I was so close. And she jumps into his car to tell him about things because she thinks something's up and she wants to know more. That's when the valet pops his head in the window. He's like, no. And then once he takes away his hat, it's that thing that he shoots a purple gas at Bruce. No, when he takes off his hat, it's... Kyodai Ken. Ken. And he says goodbye. Or something like that. Have a good trip. Regardless, it's not important what he said. The, well, the important thing is that Bruce recognizes him and then he immediately gets gassed and both he and Summer are passed out in the car and Kyodai takes the car and drives them to a place. To his own dojo. <laughs> no, he actually, as we discover later, he's at a different Wayne property. Wayne storage. I'm trying to remember if we see more scenes with Kyodai Ken and Bruce and Summer before we see the scene with Robin and Alfred. But let's assume that the Alfred-Robin one happens first. What happens in that scene? Um, the scene when they get to the thing? Where it's where they're in the Batcave. Alfred, what does he say? He says who? Robin. Robin? Alfred. What are they talking about? <laughs> I forget. So I will end the mystery for you since neither one of you remember. Robin is concerned that Bruce hasn't returned, and he knows that there is a tracking device in the car, which we already learned in a previous episode, right? The Forgotten. Good memory. I don't think he's driving the stupid baker. <laughs> okay. It's more. It's it's a much fancier car than that. As uh, Kamo'o mentioned, Robin finds them at Wayne's storage. Wait, can they tell you what he's riding in? The bat, not the bat bike, bird bike. No, it's like the bat motorcycle thing, thing of a bob. Bat bike. They probably just call it the bat cycle. Bat. Cycle. Moving on. So when we get there, we see Bruce and Summer tied up and coming out of their days from the drugs. And that's when we find out about Kyodai Ken's whole plan. What's his plan? To rob him of all of his industries. Part of it's he's messing up the business, but mostly every time he attacks a business, he's getting one more key to unlocking all of Bruce's financials so that he can send all of Bruce's money to his own accounts. Mm -hmm. What does Summer Gleason say about this? I forget. She calls him a common thief. And then Kodai Ken says, I am not a common thief. I am a great thief. The best thief or perfect. Something like that. That is a line that was used in one of the most famous movies about a heist, Die Hard. Die Hard. Which came out 1988, which is Die a few... Hard. 
two years before this came out. So the idea of an exceptional thief. So that's the only thing that this guy didn't say, because that's the line from Die Hard. That's the plan. His plan is simply to just rob Bruce and leave him with nothing, because he figures that Bruce is... Rich. Well, that he needs to be punished for being so rich. Robin shows up. What mistake does he make that actually turns out to be a good thing? Oh, he steps in a tracker or something. A laser trap. No, 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 no. No alarm system. No. There you go, yes. I was just going to say, like, an invisible security system thing? Right, so there's a little laser on one side of the door, and then it has a receiver on the other side of the door, and if anything breaks that laser, it sets off the alarm. The alarm goes off, and that's when Kyodai can realizes that there's someone that he needs to take care of, so he meets Robin on the roof. Of another building. No, same building. Now, before we talk about what they were doing on that building, what does that give Bruce time to do? Knock over a statue and use the statue's stone sword to cut the ropes on him. So we'll come back to that in a second. So on the roof, how does the fight go for Robin? Badly. How does he lose? He gets so washed away because a water tower falls down and hits the ground and he joyfully washes down, but not to the ground. Okay, so how does the water tower fall down? Come on. Hyodai Ken slashes his sword at at one of the supports, allowing it to break, and he pushes the wood. And so instead of washing, well, we'll washes Robin right off the roof, but does Robin fall on the ground? No. no. He carefully, I have no idea how he got in a window thing. Yeah, he got into a windowsill somehow, and then he broke into the building through the window. I don't know how he did it. it <laughs> it's Well, he is an acrobat, so maybe... That has something to do with it. But we haven't actually seen Robin and his history as an acrobat. He breaks into the building, and Kyodai Ken goes back to find Bruce, having just untied himself. But did he get a chance to untie Summer? No. No. They have a fight. How does the fight go for Bruce? Very badly. He gets a black eye. Why is he not fighting back very well? Because he's in a suit. Okay, what does that mean? He's a little tight on... Each side. No, the suit's not the reason he's not fighting. Maybe what the suit represents. So we'll get to that in a second. Robin shows up unseen. Just as Kyoraken is about to, again, kill Bruce with the sword, he uses a sling to throw something, to, to launch Little something. A ball. Yeah, I was thinking it was going to hit Kyoraken, but what does it hit instead? The red thingamabob, like a... I forget what it's called, a mat? Um, um, a red mat. I think mat. he's afraid to... To, to insist that he's Batman in front of Summer. Right, okay. So he so Robin realizes that if Summer sees Bruce Wayne fighting and defeating the ninja, that it will give away that he's Batman. Yes. So he uses the sling not to knock out Kyodai Ken, but to hit or some sort of catch. It looks like a mat or maybe it's a rug or something, and it falls over Summer so she can't see. And then uh, and what then does Bruce Ke- do? Ke- Kyodai Ken gets distracted, and Bruce quickly gets into his suit somehow. No, he does not. He never does, doesn't get into the Batman suit. But he does just defeat him. Yeah, he beat, he pretty quickly. Does Kyodai Ken end up keeping his... Oh, he doesn't keep his sword. He takes a statue and throws it out a window and jumps out the window and dives many, many feet into the river. And then he somehow disappears. Right. That was really interesting when they had a chance to bring the whole thing to Robin about defeat is the best teacher, essentially. They just skipped right past that and said, thanks, I would not have been able to defeat him with Summer watching. He has to be very, very careful that he keeps his 
Bruce Wayne persona and Batman skills separate, so no one sees. Even though I think anybody could have guessed and found out and researched what Bruce was doing in Japan. Okay, we finished the episode. Everyone's happy and nothing is wrong. Hi. Now can we finish the last part? Yes. What we liked and what we didn't like. Is there a part of the episode that you think they didn't do well? The fights. You thought the fights weren't good? What was missing from the fights? A little more hand-to-hand combat, a little less sword stuff. Think that wasn't fair? Yes. Okay. What did you not like about the episode? Um, almost killing or dying. There's a lot of almost bad things. Yeah. Sure. One of these days, we're going to have to start talking about whether the people who wrote the story, who did the voices, who did the animation, if they did their jobs well. And that's sometimes what I will mean by things that I do or don't like in an episode. I like this one. I don't think there's anything I don't like. It's possible that I could take offense if I knew more about Japanese culture and whether they were being respectful to it or if they were exploiting it. But I don't know. I'm kind of neutral on that. Now let's talk about things we liked. The thing I liked most is when Alfred said tea, because I love tea. The flashbacks, mostly. A ton of the flashbacks. I liked all of the flashback stuff. Yeah, kind of me too. Why is that? Because I've just never seen a flashback in a thing before. Okay, so I think... Wait, I've never seen his future. We're not going to see his future unless we get into Batman Beyond, um, which is a possibility, I suppose. But at any rate... I also like the flashback. The reason why is because we don't get a lot of story about how Bruce became Batman. We've seen the scene where his parents die. Mm -hmm. Not a lot in between that moment and when he is established as Batman. So it's kind of good to see him training. And we've seen him not be Batman. The second thing of the Mad Hatter. Uh Uh-huh. In his dream, we see his parents. Right. And he wasn't Batman. Right. How does that perchance to dream episode come into this one? I'm confused. That's how we know what his parents should look like. Oh, how his parents would look like if they had continued to Live. grow older? Okay. So that future, I see. Or it's a different present, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna, I don't know how much of Batman Beyond we're going to, to do for this podcast in the future, but I, there's a bit of it I'm probably going to show you. If I can. Show me now. All right. No, no. It's it's. It's battering time. And we're also talking about if we were going to try to convince someone to watch this episode, what would we tell them? So let's start with Kitten. A two. A two. Because it wasn't that exciting for me. A little too scary. A little too not violency. It wasn't like exciting enough and it wasn't sad enough it was like there was way too much sadness and a little too wait, wait you just said that it wasn't sad enough and then you said there's way too much sadness i'm confused I mean, there's a little too much sadness and too much exciting okay you have literally said that it was not exciting enough and too exciting and not sad enough and too sad i am so confused <laughs> by what you're saying <laughs> Yeah, she can be really confusing, my sister. It just it just wasn't exciting enough. Okay. okay, it wasn't exciting enough. It is a little too exciting and it is and it's not sad enough for me. You want more sadness and less action? Yes. 
Oh. It took us a long time to get there. <laughs> okay, so you probably wouldn't tell someone to watch this episode. How about you, Kamo? 0.36. Well, wow, that's your lowest one yet. Why is that? I just don't like this episode. But you have to explain why. You can't just say you um, don't like it. Not too exciting. It's not that exciting. How would you have made it more exciting? Better you said, fights, some, you said something about more hand-to-hand combat. Yeah. More hand-to-hand combat because it's not fair if someone, if the person you're fighting has a sword. Yeah, but how did, how did Bruce beat him in the end? Oh, uh, yeah. With hand-to-hand combat. No sword. <laughs> but... Ha, poked a hole in your theory. You might enjoy this more when you're older. The reason I am going to give this one, well, I think it's an important story in the sense that it's good to see what Bruce's past was. But I'll agree that it could have been staged a little bit better. You're used to seeing animation with action that where literally everything is moving faster. And that doesn't happen. And in fact, there's a whole bit where Bruce getting beat up by Kaodai Ken, and we don't see it. All we see is Summer Gleason sitting there not enjoying what she's seeing. So I'll give you that. It could have been more exciting. And I think in general, we've established that the two of you like when he's fighting the supervillains that are colorful, like the Joker and Two-Face and um, Clayface. Um, no, Clayface is... I've seen some... Captain Underpants! Yeah, well, I've, I've, Clayface I really is... like underwear. Well, okay, fine, but you gotta understand. <laughs> you gotta understand that those cartoons were made almost thirty years later with different technology and told from the perspective of ten-year-old boys, <laughs> right? That this show, even though I don't know when it transitioned from being a evening show to an afternoon show, but it was initially not for kids. That's why we got some of these adult themes. Clayface is mostly just a little brown. Well, what I mean by colorful is I mean the characters have a lot of personality and their story is really interesting. When you compare Guy takes so much chemical that can change his face that he turns into an amorphous blob is a lot more interesting than Guy who is mad at a rich boy for getting him kicked out of the dojo. (laughs) It's not as interesting. It's a little bit more relatable to a regular human. So I would say that this is a bit more realistic, and that's probably why you don't like it as much. In our next episode, we are going to be watching The Strange Secret of Bruce Wayne. Okay. And Tiger Tiger. Tiger Tiger? Which is, oh, I forget the author. I'll have to look it up before we record. But it's a reference to a poem. So we have The Strange Secret of Bruce Wayne and Tiger Tiger for our viewing pleasure and hopefully your listening pleasure in one week and with that let's say goodbye for this is indoctrination episode 26 not even close you have been listening to indoctrination you can find us on twitter at indoctrination or email us at indoctrination at gmail.com share your suggestions for the final sign off and you could be the listener for the week You should be able to find all this information and all recent episodes at indoctrination.com. Rate and review us if your podcatcher lets you. I hope you are nice to us. Many thanks to my children for going along with this and my spouse for encouraging it. I promise I'll get to the dishes soon. For Kamo'o and Kitten, I'm their dad. And to our listener out there, the sum of the square roots of any two sides of an isosceles triangle is equal to the square root of the remaining side. Probably be fine. Hi, mommy. We're recording. He's uh uh.
fly, Robin, fly, fly, Robin, fly. Sorry for that, audience. <laughs> oh, I'm cutting that out. Don't you dare. Oh, I absolutely will. <laughs> if it's funny enough, I'll put it at the end. All right. So Merry we don't know much about... ladies. Mm-hmm.